0: Boom bow. Welcome back everybody to (laughs) Brothers in the Deep End. We hope you guys are all having a great, great day, great weekend, great month, great life. We want to thank you guys for all the support you guys have been giving us, all the comments, all the shares, all the likes. Can't thank you guys enough. We always say if we could change one life, that's all that matters to us. And just, you know, just to get a little bit into our lives and what we're doing, and we've been pretty well. I just want to let you guys know if you guys haven't tuned into me yet, I got a new song with Davey. called Be Like Me. So if you guys want to listen to my music, make sure you guys are tuning into that. If you guys want to tune in to my man Ethan over here and get right at the gym, eight, make sure you get him right. You know what I'm saying? Get right with him. Uh, or get tune into in in the, the gram.
1: Tune into the gram for some gems, man. I always just dropping gems. That's facts. That's facts. That's facts. And if you guys
0: have been following us, you guys already know. But, you know, Brothers in the Deep End is going to be more than a podcast now. And something that we really, really want to push on you guys is that we're more than a podcast. It's not going to be only a podcast anymore. It's going to be a community. And that's something that's really important to us because it shouldn't be just about us. It should be about you guys and you guys should be part of this journey with us. So Mm -hmm. if you guys haven't noticed that yet, we want to make sure you guys know that so you guys can grow with us. Come to our networking events and come to just events in general with us. Just kick Mm -hmm. it with us.
1: Or maybe just learn about you guys. Yep. And stay you know, tuned. Stay tuned. I'm wearing a Hit Factory hoodie. Stay tuned. We got some cooking up with Hit Factory. Brothers in deep end with Hit Factory. So stay tuned. Ooh.
0: And yeah, but like I said, we thank you guys for all the countless support. And we want you guys to be a part of this journey with us. It's not about us anymore. If we could change your life, that's all that matters.
1: And I just want to say shout out Hit Factory. Shout out Vince. Shout out Fourth, yeah. qu- fourth Quarter Living. Shout out my guy Mike Dolo. And yeah, shout out Casey for that fire intro. <laughs> shout out
0: Josh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> shout out Josh. Sure. He's the real man, the myth, the legend over here the making these the shows screen. happen.
1: But let's get into it. Let's go, Casey. Yes, Bring it sir.
0: In. So I just want to let you guys know, I always say this every episode, but we have a special guest today. And every guest we have on this show, you know, is always going to be fire always fire and this man actually spits hot fire (laughs) so that's something that's really important to us today but i just want to introduce my man today he goes by the name of riot and if you guys don't know him you guys call him steve but just a little bit about steve's story before we even get into it i think his story is really great and something i think we can all can take out of it a little bit just before we get into this is you know in society, I think a lot of us are just so condoned into this box, especially in certain cultures. And I think with his story, he's able to break that barrier and he was put into a box for so long. And then once he unlocked his true potential of himself, then he really, really excelled in everything he did. And sometimes you don't even realize it, but it's your own family. So we're gonna get into his story, where he came from, how he is the person he is today. And I don't want to spoil anything, but you guys are gonna have to tune in. So <laughs> welcome to the podcast, Steve. We can't we can't thank you enough for coming here and really enjoying the special moment with <coughs> <at> us. So <laughs> thank you for coming. We really appreciate it. And just to hop into it, give a little intro about yourself, who you are, what you do.
2: First of all, I wanna say that like intro, like he said too, was fire. Um, but um just a little uh I'm good. All right just a little uh intro about myself um i uh I, I started with uh poetry before getting into music i was doing like spoken word poetry and things of that nature um and one day one of my boys uh shout out my boy justin his rap name is justified and uh he uh, got me into rap music. He would see my poems and uh, I would show them to him. Like I, I wasn't confident in showing them to everybody. Mm-hmm. And he would be like, yo, look, what are you working on over there? Like I'd be in class working on things and stuff like that too. And uh, he's like, yo, you should turn these uh, poems into raps. And he was rapping at the time. And I was like, nah, man, that's your thing. Like that's not me. Like that's you. And, uh, he was like, nah, bro, you gotta, like, you gotta turn these into something, bro. He's like, come to my house tomorrow after school or whatever. And we went to his crib, and we ended up, uh, doing a remix to, like, one of Kendrick, Ken- Kendrick Lamar's uh, songs, Cloud 10, I think it was, years ago. Old mixtape, and, uh, we made a song together, and after that, I kinda, like, fell in love with it. Um, I grew up around my brother and his guys, um... At the time, they were called uh, Epiphany, but now they're called Back of the Class, mm-hmm. and they were rapping. Uh, so I was always around the rap, like, and, you know, Jada Kiss and Fab were, like, a big thing, too, mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing up. So before you even get into,
0: like, your rap story and everything, right, I think we should go back to the beginning. I, we always say this because that's important. We got to know where you come from. Mm-hmm. So starting off, like, in your regular life, like, where were you born and raised, and where would you go to school?
1: And just overall, I don't mean to yeah. overall. you Just get into, like, your foundation and, like, the story of your beginnings as a young man. Mm. Yeah. I would say, um...
2: Born and and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Let's go. Um, (laughs) Very proud. And, um... You know, I was, um... Growing up, I was very, like, uh... Shy. And, uh, like, quiet. And a little reserved, um... For the most part. Um... I kind of... Um being like Hispanic as well and things like that and growing up in a certain household. Um, I, uh, I, I just, I just st- kept things like to myself. Like I kept things kind of uh, quiet and like to myself. Um, and you know, I would even uh, expressing my emotions, I think it was something we was talking about. Like um, I was, I used to cry a lot when I was little, uh, easily. Um, and I think the, uh, the transition of me growing up and, uh, by the older male role models in my family and things like that, them, you know, transitioning me and saying like, you know, don't cry about this. Don't cry about that. Don't, you know, you got to toughen up. You're a man. I think those things transitioned me into, uh, keeping things in where eventually i needed an outlet and i needed a way to release and i didn't know what mm-hmm. how to do that or what that thing was and, and as a kid that's when music came in
0: so and as a kid right so were you always like in a musical family so when you were growing up how was your foundation just like through elementary school and middle school how was your family with you like that so i know every experience is different yeah. but how was your family during this time when you were really really young so you said they almost told you not to cry and you had to grow up in this hispanic household where the structure was you're a man don't cry you gotta do this so how was your family in
2: general growing up how was your overall experience with them um they were they were my family was loving and um but at first you know they had a you know growing up they had a a structure your parents have a structure of like what they want you to be what they want you to do Mm -hmm. like they want you to have a job with benefits they want you to have a job that 401k retirement plan pension this and that which is understandable mm-hmm. um, and I think that was like a, a a heavy thing like in elementary school you know I that's in that time I experienced a lot of my emotions and like crying a lot and not knowing um,
1: not knowing if it was good to cry right like and then if you cried because you're like you're so used to them saying oh, don't cry toughen up it made you want to cry even more. It made you yeah. cry more because it's like you, you it want to, yeah, it's built up, but you want to express yourself. But then they're the condemning you like, hey, don't cry, da, 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 but you cry even yeah. more because it's like you want to cry. You want to let these emotions. Yeah. So you're frustrated of the fact that they're kind of controlling you. And it's like, well, oh, I'm not tough no more, but I'm trying to release it. And you're not letting me. So you're getting more emotional because of that state. And it, it, when they point it out, it kind of makes you feel embarrassed and to that point yeah. of, like, where you want to... Right. Or it's like, back then, I used to get, like, so... It's like when you get so angry that you cry. Back then, I used to get so angry and frustrated that I used mm-hmm. to just cry. Yeah. But it's because I was so mad. fucking mad. Yeah. And I didn't really... I couldn't, like, you know, really express it, like, that I was that frustrated, so I would just cry, and that was my frustration saying that I'm really fucking mad at this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dude, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, we got to do something about this, but... And Steven's is like, yo, toughen up. But man, no, I can't toughen up right now. Let me release. You know what I'm saying? And I think
0: as a kid, I think that's extremely important. So I think as a kid, when you were growing up, like your family pretty much had this like expectation where since you're a boy, Mm -hmm. you can't cry because you're just supposed to be like the man of the household. And I think as children, like that's why I think in my opinion, like you were extremely conserved Mm -hmm. and shy because... You didn't know how to express yourself to other people.
1: And, and maybe he still is shy and reserved. Absolutely. But I oh, think, 100%. and he still is shy and reserved, still trying to break out that form because your foundation is super important. So that's a big part of his life. And that imprint from when you're a kid, it lasts a lifetime. So I'm so grateful for my father and what he established within me because now I get it. And now it's so embedded in my mind because it was over and over. I remember that. That like it just built up inside me, Now it's just—it's just a part of me. So now mm-hmm. it's a part of Steve, and as like he's thinking of these memories, they're like deep scars, you know. And um, when you when you when you're young, that's an important time to fill in with information, creativity, and in for the parents or so just people be like, hey, try to do that and steer in the right lane because that's what, that's what's gonna have to affect you in the in the long term. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then when you get older and you're trying to make that shift, it's kind of harder now because you got to break. All that blockage from all those years, yeah, it's, it's a built-in scar. Now you're trying to break up that scar <laughs> that tissue. That trauma, yeah, that trauma. Not yeah. even it's just scar tissue or like that that compounded work. Mm-hmm. You're trying to delete all that, but you can't. That's big storage of your life. That you got to try to recompress, delete, and reorganize. Yeah. But it's already made up in years and years and years. And now you're a grown ass adult. You trying to break that mm-hmm. up? It's gonna take a. It's gonna take a lot of time.
0: So I have to ask, yeah. like through elementary school and middle school, like where your was your fame like really hard on you? Because you said they were Um, loving, so like obviously foundation to us, and we always talk about this on the pod, but foundation is very, very important and obviously makes or breaks, I think, people in general. yeah. And it builds the story, I think, for who you are as a person as you get older. So you said they were very loving, but were they also extremely hard on you? Because obviously they said you had to be tough, but were there any times where you felt like, damn, like this is a lot right now. And as a kid, (laughs) in middle school and elementary school, were there times where you saw yourself getting bullied for like, being shy to yourself or weird like did you struggle with anything like that growing up um
2: i i was never thankfully i was never like bullied or anything that's cat we always bullied Mm -hmm. (laughs) 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 i was i was really never like bullied like that it was just it was like a um it i had my friends and you know i talked to who i talked to but that was it you know and um I think elementary school, there was me seeing the, uh, around that time was me seeing the emotional part of me. And then I think middle school, around that time, I was trying to like toughen that up. Like that was the period of time where everything that kicked into me of like, you're a man, be a man, mm-hmm. don't cry, you can't show emotion, that started kicking in I feel like around middle school, um, maybe like seventh, eighth grade where I felt myself getting Um, I wouldn't say numb, but like, you got used to it. Yeah. And it was just like a toughness that started to build on me where I didn't care, uh, as much about certain things, uh, because I didn't want that emotion, any emotion
1: from that to that too. But like you mature. Cause like right mm -hmm. now. Right? I'm at this point in age of my life, and we all are where the things that probably ticked us off don't take us off as much, or the things that we used to yeah. do we don't do as much. So that comes with time as you grow, you mature, and you evolve. As human beings, like we're constantly evolving and growing. So that's just life in a sense in itself.
0: And I even yeah. think like this experience for you, like just you coming onto this podcast might be an experience because you, no one, I don't think, has ever heard this about you. Nah. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. you even, I think, coming today... It kind of even breaks a little bit. It makes you a little more uncomfortable of you being shy or you being to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And And that's the whole purpose. And you're breaking up. And you're
1: breaking up. That's right. And you're breaking up those scars right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Developing, but that's every single day. And it's funny how like God works me seriously because one thing I've been talking about with Casey and just in general myself is that every single day you have to find ways to get uncomfortable. Because yeah. you had to grow, it has to be more, more, more. You can never be content. A lot of us kick back our feet on the weekend because we feel like we did a lot, but mm, you really didn't do much. Because if you did a lot, you yeah. wouldn't be in the position that you was in. You'll be on some hove level,
2: yeah. right?
1: And I said, Nah, Casey's not enough. You know, he was talking about source of income. Da 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 da. I was like, Yeah, when you get this, when you have this amount, I need to be this amount. And then when you get there, all right, what's more, what's next? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of course, you gotta be. Oh, like you gotta celebrate those those yeah i did it da, 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 and like cheer it up but it's like i i, I need to find something else because mm-hmm. the moment is you get content you settle that's it you lost mm-hmm. it's over and
0: i think you have to have a balance so it was actually i've been telling you about this book i've been reading and she mentions how a lot of people as soon as they so most people never celebrate the small wins and what i mean by yeah. this is as soon as they celebrate a small win after that small win is being celebrated they're already thinking about like what what's going to happen next like something bad is going to happen because we always expect that but yeah. some people really never taken that moment and expect like that small win to really last and i think sometimes people have to take a step back and look at that small win as like not what's going to happen next as bad but like hey look at the progress i've gone like this is a milestone in my goal that i want to reach mm-hmm. and all these little small wins are going to add up to the big goal in the end yeah. and i think that's something i mean ethan always like always speak about on this and it's not about you know how many times you fail or you get fucking stomped on? And it's about how many times up. you get back up, no matter how hard the challenge is.
1: Well, mm-hmm. one more thing before we move on with Steve's story. Steve Harvey says, "Son, your survival rate is hundred percent because you survived all those hard times you went through, so you're ready a winner." Now, Steve Harvey's mm-hmm. speaking facts man, Not on yet. the show, He's, right? He, yeah, so man, it's, it's true. I got a little, I got also a little debate, right? So as a man, right? I think there's a point where you can't be too emotional, though. Think you need to be able to like have have that balance in, as a man as well, cause you can't be too emotional. It's like yeah, you become like sort of like a baby and like you know little. Yeah. Let me not get. Let me get little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it needs to be. It needs as a man. We need to learn how to also be masculine and also yeah. be able to like you know, control these emotions inside us because the emotions play a big game. You got to learn how to be a rational thinker at all times, get deep in your subconscious, get behind your subconscious, and study and educate in your own mind, your intellect. It's very important because as men, we have to be, mas- mas- we have to be masculine. We have to lead the way. Yeah. That's, what, that's what we're on earth for.
0: I think, to be honest, for that debate, I think that all comes down to being who you are, and it's all subjective to every person. And I think that's how I look at it. So for instance, right? A lot of people say or might say that like I have masculine tendencies or I can be a little feminine sometimes. He's feminine. fucking. <laughs> so no, so people can say that, right? But in, I, I, I was explaining this and I, I try to explain this a little bit to people where I, I don't think it really matters the type of energy you always bring off because if you're alpha in your own way, who, who's there to tell you that you this and that and the fourth?
2: Yeah. but right.
0: that, that that's really how I look at it, so like it don't matter like if someone is masculine enough or feminine ah ah, ah but like it's really like you being comfortable with yourself,
2: yeah, 100%. and I think that's
0: when it all comes down to being subjective because you know someone might want someone who's extremely masculine and man to the bone, right mm-hmm. but there might be also a woman who also looks for a guy, whatever you're into, right. Can look for masculine and feminine, or whatever they find most comfortable for them, because it works for them. Yeah. Because on the end, it's all about who you are, and I think it's about how comfortable you are with yourself, no matter if you're masculine or feminine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's all it's all about your purpose. It is.
1: So and back
0: to Steve's story. So now we're gonna get into this right now. So you were you were being a man, you know, <laughs> your whole life here. Um. So you told us a little bit about yourself. You said you got into rap earlier and. I want to really dig into the meat, the meat of this story, really quick mm-hmm. about you. So, when did you start poetry, and how did you get into it? You spoke a little bit about it before, but please get back into that. I started
2: poetry when I was, I would say, I would say like seven, eight years old. But it was them like regular poems, you know. It was mm-hmm. like you know, um, you didn't bring like one simple read? stuff. Yeah, no, actually, they got published in a book. I'm dead. Three years in, in a have row. To read that and while i was in elementary school uh my poems got published 3 years in a row um and uh my 3rd grade teacher miss Patanza, she would like submit them mm-hmm. and um uh after that i used to see um some of my guys uh that i grew up around doing spoken word poetry mm-hmm. um and i was like i i want to i want to try this You know, I want to I want to get into that. So that transition happened, I I would say, at about 14
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, and where I was practicing that and I was constantly writing. uh, I was free writing. I was just getting my thoughts and ideas down and releasing and see how to, like, put things together. Um, And, you know, my brother and his boys from his rap group um, at the time, they were um, giving me also like little advice here and there because I would ask them questions like I would pick their brain they had no idea what I was doing yeah and um my fault got sinus troubles anyway but um I would uh pick their brain a little bit and uh I would I would take these notes down and I would take this with me and um that's what I I used within my poetry and then about the following year going into 15 that's when uh I was jumping into rap
1: um and, and how was that transition for hold you? Up, hold up, Casey, with, like, rap. So, right, I noticed with, like, your raps, they are very, it's like, there's a lot of pain built inside of you. That's where I'm going with it, Casey. There's a lot of pain built inside of you. I can tell you're trying to release something, mm. and there's a lot of backlog to it that you probably aren't getting to the world. So, as Brothers in Deep End, we want to, you know, release those, the backlog for, for the viewers, for the people in general, because we want to know a little bit more about it. So, what is, like, a major turning point the, the major yeah exactly what, what was it, that
0: it, major turning point in your life that
1: was like this is what i want to well,
0: do who i'm doing it for
1: and <laughs> like and like the story behind it and like the trauma and the scars behind you that you're trying to release to this world you know what I'm saying um i i think it was well i think it was
2: when my grandfather passed away um i think that was my first like real Um, I would say experience uh, when death hit and uh, just seeing what like seeing also what what a messed up disease cancer is and how it can pick somebody apart so like intensely and brutally and like I was in the hospital with him and I watched him just lose weight I watched his transition and change Uh, and I think that that was when i i was writing even more um and then after that it was just like a, a domino effect yeah
1: so talk about those dominoes for what happened next. um
2: and i want to say talk about a little bit about the experience of taking care of your grandfather
1: oh yeah so
2: that was yeah that was quite the experience because i was doing things that me being in that hospital i was doing things uh, and this followed on to my grand grandmother to my uncle, but uh, I was doing things for him in the hospital that you know nurses were too busy to be doing like you know and his his mouth was dry, he couldn't move, he couldn't eat certain things so there was like these these like lemon like lemon cubes or something that they had, and um they put it in a cup. And you you just pick it out. They give you a pick. You pick it out, and they tell you like the nurses and stuff. If he gets you know thirsty or needs that flavor or needs that moisture around his mouth because his mouth is getting dry and things like that, you take it and you you know put it around his mouth. And mm-hmm. you, you could leave it in there or just for a few and take it out and things like that. And boy, when that thing when he he had that thing, you could see like a little a little happiness in him, like ah some flavor like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like um. But just just seeing that, uh and then going into um watching him
1: transition.
2: Yeah, and then you know, him being taken home and us getting a phone call of him taking his last breath in the apartment, then we gotta rush there, uh and get with him and
1: then um this shit's like a movie, bro. Been yeah. Shit is dead ass movie. You like boom, oh shit. Like you, know, yeah. you don't even you don't even it don't even feel real. And it feels like how you see in those movie scenes. Like in those movies, see how it is, is really how it like goes. Like, you know what I'm saying? All those emotions behind it, how fast it goes. It's fucking yeah. crazy. I remember, I literally
2: remember me being in the backseat of the car. And You remember um, you remember all the thoughts, the yeah. emotions you was feeling? It was raining. Yep. It was nighttime. Yep. I was looking out the window. Uh my pops was driving in the front um and so you my mom in and the passenger the too. yeah i was in school at the time uh and i remember to the drive there i remember me not being allowed to go in the living room and i had to wait mm-hmm. uh in by the staircase um
1: How and just you feel?
2: hearing things i mean i was i was uh i was heartbroken for sure because my my grandfather i was always he his nickname for me was bodyguard i was i was extremely pro- protective of him um and anytime like it was late at night and you know i was with him i would make sure the door is locked i was make su- grandpa you good blah blah and he was like super spanish like straight out of puerto rico like like off the island for real like spanish first language uh you know i knew a li- little bit of english but you know told the best stories and um we were still able to talk and have that relationship. And he always called me bodyguard because of how protective I was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then from that it lead, led into my uh my aunt, uh, that no, my grandmother. It's it's a long list. So I'm trying to like well, sorry, get <laughs> it. Get but there. um uh my grandmother, I wanna say uh had passed mm, about 2 years after that cancer um and I was with her in the hospital with her every day and in the midst of that I was going through my own health issues um where I developed a a heart condition and um so I was like in and out of doctor's appointments uh I was in private doctors, seeing private doctors, um, getting tests done, like freaking a thousand EKGs, like, you can't even imagine, like, Mm um, yeah, you know, like, so it, it was just a lot, and then I was in basketball practice at the time, because basketball was the dream before, like, music, I was, you know, doing a little something on the side, but, um, my heart condition situation is what stepped me back to, and then eventually going to music, but... That's, if you don't mind me asking, what kind of heart condition did you have? You don't mind sharing that. Um, it's it's a rare condition, um, but it's thankfully as things progressed and more doctors' appointments happened, they said it. It's like because they were a little worried about it at first, and there was a lot of worries about it. Um, but then thankfully, along the lines, they said you know it's not life thre- threatening and things like that. And, um, it was just, um, a situation where, uh, my rib cage would get inflamed and it, the rib cage comes up, you know, your heart's over mm-hmm. here. We do a pledge of allegiance. So I thought it was over here, but it's, you know, this area. <laughs> um, but the rib cage would inflame and it would go up to my heart as they explained it. And it would make it hard to breathe. Mm-hmm. constricts the heart Uh, right and it it was like a a stabbing pain it was like um damn and then that led me also i didn't know at the time but that also acted on me gaining anxiety because through that pain it changed my whole mood i was out of it and then uh I ended up getting anxiety where the pains would be worse, but I didn't. I was like, "What's going on?" It's just a mixture of everything. Yeah, One shot, just and collateral damage. Later on, I found out, oh, that's anxiety too. So that's anxiety was acting up on it because I was in so much like pain and like worried about it. Of course, so the anxiety acted on with it. <laughs>
0: of course, it it's would. really funny. This is like not like not to throw you off really quick, no, but yeah, we always cool. talk about like I watch this like pimple doctor all the time, yep. and he talks about how like people with anxiety and stress break out with acne but oh. when you have like acne and stress it stresses you out even
2: more yes. so it's just like my Whoa. acne was bad at that time <laughs> too yo yeah
0: so like I, I, honestly that's like all collateral damage and I feel like for you that must have been a crazy crazy experience I feel like probably in your own world
1: well yeah exactly yeah. and we're like we take taking care of uh, your grandma how was that because oh man yeah. going down memory lane for me um, when I was going to the hospital with like with my dad like it was it was a journey no one knew right so senior high school right i about to graduate it's like the end of the year so you're seeing nothing really going on but before i went to class i was going to the hospital to visit my father and it was just me and my father in the mornings i'll drive my stuff off but i didn't want to leave him and i yeah. felt so gu- guilty for leaving him because i had to go to school and then i would go there right after but like it was just me and him and like we used to just chop it up and i was like yo like in my head i'm like this shit is crazy and, like Whatever he needed to get done, I need to get... If I had to help him move him, I helped him move him. And my mother was doing that, you know, for my for my grandpa And when he was in the nursing home and then in the hospital. But it's just like at that point, you can just kind of feel isolated. You can't believe what you're going through and no one knows what you're going through. And you don't want to tell nobody what it is that you're going through because yeah. it's like, it's sensitive information. But I think if I was to go back, I'll probably like tell someone and try to get help because like it will help like my perspective and it wouldn't make me feel so isolated at the moment. So for you... I mean, I don't know how long you was taking care, if you want to get into the details of it, of like yeah. what it was to take care of your grandma and like the impact it had on you. <laughs> so the viewers can know, like, you know, living living through your lens for a little bit.
2: I think I think t- as far as taking care of my grandmother was like uh even a deeper, more uh of a of an experience than my grandfather because with my grandfather, it just it happened fast, you know, like real fast. With my grandmother, it was there was a little time there to like kinda hop in and like take it step by step a little bit. Um Did you but, also
0: have to do things that you said the nurses couldn't do as well?
2: Yeah. Um I would so I would be in the hospital with her, uh, twenty four seven. Like you used uh talking about your pops and stuff. Mm. Like I would I would leave uh i i would have school and then after school i had bas- basketball practice certain days and then i would leave basketball practice go to the hospital um every day i was with her every day i was there like she i didn't promise her nothing i didn't anything she already knew i was gonna be there too be, by just my consistency That's and um she told me too she's like if nobody's gonna show up i know you're gonna be here like she's like i don't know what time But I know at some point in time you're going to be here. And she used to nickname me Old Faithful because of that. And um, uh, I used to go to the hospital, um, and I would help her out. And then gradually, you know, things started changing. And, um, you know, they moved her around different rooms, things in that. Nurses already knew me, knew who I was. Like, like, yeah, you go in there. It would be after visiting hours, after 8 o'clock or something. And they would be like... Going, going, and I'll be like, "All right, cool." Like, and I would go And My grandma would be sleeping, and you know, I would just sit with her for like an hour, like, chill out with her. I'll be like, "Grandma, I'm here." Like, you know, let her sleep, and then I would leave. And then the next day, I'd go see her. She's like, "I know you was here yesterday." And I was like, "How you know?" She's like, "I know."
0: She's the, like, "I know." It's the old people' senses, bro. yeah, they, they like know. they know.
2: And as things got worse and progressed, um, you know, there there was a a realization of history repeats itself. Because I was now the one who was, she needed my help, and she would tell me like, um, you know I can't wait for these nurses like I you know she would have to you know sorry to be like, you not know, nah, in it. But get in it. She um you know she would throw up, and I would they had like these little trays thing that you would bring. Yeah, over. little pink ones, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so. And they were small. I thought they should have been bigger, to be honest. But
0: like, I feel like if you throw up, their shit not helping yeah, the crap, bro. For yeah, for real.
2: Like, so, and I would I would bring that over. She's like, oh, give me the thing. like or whatever. I was like, All right. like whatever she's, and uh, I'll be right there. She's throwing up. And then, um, then she would have to use the bathroom or she would have to clean herself. And she's like, I'm, I was like, grandma, whatever you need, I'm gonna help you out. Like She's like, I, I know. She's like, I'm so sorry. I know you don't want to see this. I know you don't. I was like, you you raising me... Like, like you, you saw, me like, this. Young, you like, saw I, me like I, this? Like, I got you. Like, I get it. You know what I'm right. saying? Right, you saw my little picho. Man. Yeah, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, Wait, yo, like whoa, whoa, whoa. I get... <laughs> yeah, yo. Come on. I was... Like, I, like, I get the... Uh, the the feeling of pride and a little embarrassment, things like that. I'm like, grandma, that's me. I got you. Don't worry about it. Like, um... I would have to clean her. Wipe her. Um, and help her out like you know change her like help her move around when she was trying to go to the bathroom or the shower like I would help her stand up I'll bring her in there and I'll be like grandma you want me stand inside you want me stand outside like she's like no you can wait right there this is I was like all right be by the door just let me know like you know mm-hmm. and um so that moment in that moment going home after that day and uh when the first time it happened it was like damn yo history repeats itself like it really does it comes back full circle we can't take care of ourselves when we're young mm-hmm. and then as we get to this point in age or you know we're gonna need help what our grandmothers grandfathers whoever they're in uh uh homes or they're they staying
1: with uh your they're staying with like your mom or your dad you uh, know and it was just mainly you like taking care of your grandma while and you was still in high school I was in high school Yeah Damn and I Like family
2: would come in Like I don't wanna I love my family My no, family no, was of Stopping in at times But they were like I, I just had school at the time I had after school Basketball practice Stuff like that So you know Some of them was Either far Or they were working And things like that yeah, So life responsibilities Come I, Yeah Yeah so it's like I I put that As my priority Like I just I don't know It was like A feeling in me Of like This person had me For as long as I'm what life. age I'm not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, like, who would who would I be to not have them cooking me breakfast, cooking me dinner, taking care of me on mm-hmm. weekends, weekdays? like. And I think,
0: like, to your point, I actually don't think I've ever shared this on this podcast, but to your point with cancer, I think cancer is a very, very scary disease. And I feel like when you go to any hospital or doctor, I think that's something that nobody wants to hear that they have because it's just like instant thought. It's just like, I'm going to die. Yeah. So I think that's something that's really crazy. And to feel how you feel, I-, I could actually relate to this. And even Ethan, I don't think I've ever said this before, but there was actually a point in my life where my father also had lung cancer. And I don't think I've ever told anyone that. But I remember I used to go to school as a kid and I didn't know what was going on with my dad at the time because he looked really sick, but I couldn't figure out why and he didn't want to tell me at the time. Mm. But I remember I used to go, because my dad used to live in the basement of our apartment building at the time, and I remember I used to chill with him, and I would see him, and he, I, I see, like, he was just, like, lacking energy, and there were times where he would go up the stairs, and he was, like, out of breath. And I was like, ooh, like, what's, like, what's good with you? Like, I know you're old, but you're not that old. Like, come yeah. on, like, get your yeah. ass up. <laughs> and I would fuck with him all the time, but I, there was a point where, I don't even think I realized this because I was in school, but there were points where I have I didn't see him for months, and I was like... Like, what the fuck? But I be getting busy because I'm with my mom all the time. Yeah. She takes me to school in the morning. Or I go to my grandma's and I go to school from there. So there were times where, like, I didn't get a chance to see him. And I didn't understand why. And I think the first day I saw him, after maybe think a couple weeks or months, I saw him in the basement and he was extremely ill. And he, I think, was also, like, to your point, we least like, embarrassed, I think, to come out for me to see him that way. And I, like, I was heartbroken. I didn't even know what to, like, say to him because... The way I saw him, like, I'm not going to hold you, like, he was, he was like, not naked, but he was, like, in, like, basketball shorts, like, under, walking around in his room, and his room was, like, a mess. Mm. And I think he was really sad and depressed at the time, and I didn't understand what was going on. I used to chill with him, and when I found out that he had cancer because he told me he brought me in, I was, like, devastated at the time. And I used to literally see him all the time in the living room with him. I think after, like, we had the conversation, right, that he had cancer, he came around more often because I think he understood like time is limited yeah. and he would spend time with me and the family but to see that was really hard for me because i used to see like my dad walk into the bathroom and cough up blood all over the fucking sinks and i saw that and i just like broke down in tears and i would go to the room and be like like i don't know if i'll be able to be like i don't know if i, I don't know if i'll be able to live without my dad and he like raised me and, and really like brought me up in like middle school mm-hmm. and also the time i was going in through middle school and i think to your point for me, this was a new emotion because I never had loss at that time. So I actually didn't know how to, I think, express myself and I just kept it all in. And I think to your point, Ethan met me in middle school, but I was always like kind of like quiet sometimes to myself and always to myself. And I think I don't give myself sometimes enough credit on how like yeah. I dealt with it. Yeah. And I think at this time, like as I got older, it kind of formulated me to give me like a different, I guess, perspective on cancer. And like to your point, I think your story is beautiful because like I don't even know if I would have had the power to be like i'm picking up my father to clean him i don't think i could be able to do that because i'd be scared mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying Like i, I would be scared and uncomfortable because i feel like that's not my job and for that's anyone tough. who's hearing if y'all didn't know that but like for my in my point in my life when i was in middle school my father was you know dealing with lung cancer and coughing up blood i used to see him like literally crawl on the floor like in pain like <laughs> the shit was like really shitty yeah. and i don't think i've ever like told this but it now that I've really like, opened up the scar again because I forget all about it, mm-hmm. um, it devastates me to hear your story because I understand like how that feeling is. And now that I can see how I felt with my father, now I understand how my father felt with his father, my grandfather.
2: We're Watching but, him and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, because my
0: grandfather that. took his last breath like with my father. My dad picked him up off the bed after he died and cleaned him to the day he died. And like now, I understand like how my dad feels, and like it's funny because like I, I, I don't think about this that often, but it just came back to me. Like now, I understand how you feel, and even like to Ethan's perspective, I understand how Ethan feels because I think I've just actually buried that thought for a really fucking long time. I never said anything,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but
1: it's hard, man. man yeah. I, I could relate everything you said. That's what I went through with my father. Like I saw, like I didn't see him for a while. I was just seeing my dad all the time. My dad's like, "Yo, I'm a, I'm a little tired, man. I'm gonna rest up. I won't be able to pick you up." And I'm like, no one really saw him. He went MIA for a month. My mom's like, you need to go see your father. So I went to go see him. And I was like, when I saw him, I got like shell shocked. I was like, blinking my eyes a couple of times. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, and like you said, Casey, like your your father, our fathers might have been embarrassed to like show that side. And it kind of comes down to pride and like not seeking the help. And I was like yo and it, it happened almost to me right i had this tumor in my thing i had this pride like now nah, i gotta go do i have a mission to achieve i don't care i'm willing to die for it but it's like am i'm really, you know what i'm saying <laughs> I, I was like I almost I almost really mm-hmm. could have went to the gutter for what i was chasing and i really like my my mother even said that like, you got this thing in your back go get checked out and i didn't listen i'm like ah. and i could have been embarrassed like oh i had this now nah, it's not a it's not what it is like it's okay you know what i'm saying like shrugging it yeah. off yeah. and that's what my father did and then you're thinking like what you thought right I don't know if I could live without my father like what happens and you know I thought that instantly bro like once we went to the hospital but I was like yo like this is my rock this is my guy like not it I didn't expect it to go down this route this was it this was and my plans was that my father was gonna live with me till we got old and I was gonna be the one to take care of him wipe his ass and it just didn't turn out like that everyone's time is different that story related to me heavy so going back to you with Steven, like kudos to you because I don't know how you I did it through high school. But you was doing it for a much longer time. You dealt with. You did it for stuff. multiple family members. And then you too. said there was another there was another trickle down effect after your grandmother.
2: Yeah, it was it was a few man. Um,
1: and I'll like, just state like,
2: I'll state like two more. Yeah. What, what was what, what was, was the th- biggest out of those two? Uh, let's, li- let's leave it at three so we can like get your get, full story. Uh, so I would say, yeah. So after my grandmother. It was uh my boy, my best friend, mm. my rock, like on some like you guys type stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like
1: this, my little man. You know, mm. I'm older than him too. <laughs> that's crazy. But this
2: my this my son. Um, I'm sorry, it's the kid's father. This my son too. <laughs> um, but uh, my my guy David, um, who passed away, um, and that was uh from from suicide, and um. I won't get into too many of those details just out of respect mm-hmm. um for um for him and his family, family and things like that who are my family legit like like me and him used to call each other cousins like um we were with each other 24/7 um you know and I never and he's he's uh his nickname was Riot so you know that's why my Instagram na- name is riot and mm-hmm. my artist name is steve or as people say stv3 but people can't help themselves and they just call me riot like so yeah, it sticks really well i'm not gonna lie yeah so mm. like i can't even like at this point like that's why we say you know artist steve uh riot you call him steve like i let it be everybody does it so i was to just like riot,
0: bro that's it i try
2: <laughs> i try to like i'm like nah that's him like i don't want i used to go so hard on it but then i thought about it i'm like people calling me this so much I'm like, Is it emulates. It?
0: You can emulate that too, you know?
2: And you know, so I try to have my own identity, but I try to bring his with me. And that was always my thing. Um, but he passed from suicide, and I never, you know, he was the type to always be smiling, uh, always be joking, he always carried a football with him. He made uh th- he used to like make uh cereal box book bags. What the fuck? Like he would literally take <laughs> lucky crazy. charms and uh freaking like fruity pebbles whatever he would put strings through the through the thing and um what can you put in their books And he would put a book but he would carry it he would have a string his book okay. bag on the side but he would carry it to school and it was like he was nasty with artwork graffiti he was nasty with he, his football talent um and this is my guy who got me out of my house when I was young, watching uh, things that I wanted to get away from, and one day he knocked on my door and said, Yo, you want to go to the park with me? I was like, Hell yeah! Like, <laughs> hey, that, <laughs> I was that, like, that was your light, that was your light. yeah. And I was like, I was like, Hold up, let me ask my mom because he was he's uh, he was four years older than me, um, and Um, you know, so I was younger. So I had to start asking moms, you know? So I was like, Ma, can I go with David? She's like, yeah. She's like, go ahead. So that's when I developed basketball, handball. That's when I started developing creative sides and experimenting on things. But he got me out of this world that I wanted to get out of. And then, you know, as we were always together, I just never suspected it. And... It was just a lot of weird stuff. Um, there were certain signs after that were were noticed, but it wasn't taken as, it wasn't taken as that. You know what I'm saying? Like, he... It was taken, he, like, as a joke? Like, it was like, nah, this can't... He, he, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I'm trying to be honest, I'm trying to stray away from certain details, okay. um, but, um, he always wanted to go to Brazil, um... He was like he was mixed, like he was uh, Dominican British. uh, British. uh, I think he had Dominican British Indian. A little African. A little Cuban in him, and he was Jamaican. Um, and you know he was darker than me. I was you know light. So we would walk around and we would always be like, Nah, that's my cousin. Like we were just, (laughs) and that's why we would do that. Facts. That's how me and Joshua. Yeah, like (laughs) (laughs) that's why I what was one thing that we always did, and we would say like. Oh, yeah, my pops and his mom, they brother and sister. Like, but, um, damn, I got off track a little of my fault. Um, you,
1: like, the, you said there was some signs when you... Right. You, mm-hmm.
2: So, he wanted. He always wanted to go to Brazil. And um, he had, uh, you know, on Facebook and things like that. Later on, we noticed certain things that was like, it's he was like, weird. oh, countdown. He's like, yo, five more days till I leave. And certain things like that. Oh, that's wild but he wasn't like but uh, everybody every, like people thought it was brazil like vacation
1: like yeah because yeah. he
2: always talked in that time he was always talking about going to brazil he but always he, he, was to to brazil. About, he was talking about
1: he was i believe so the other way but out he was so th- wow i believe so but like as your best so it's crazy because like you know i'm very deep in my faith but i feel like god put this figure in your life and was like hey like god sends blessings through people Mm-hmm. so right that's how he sends blessings It's not mm-hmm. just like just like a little <laughs> star a little, he sends blessings <laughs> to Bing. people yeah it's not it's just like a Mario thing. bro you <laughs> know people, we ask for blessings blessings through people so he sent, yeah, he sent your best friend your best friend was your light with everything you're going through he was like "Whoa, I could I know that feeling like oh shoot like you want to hang out with me you want to take me out to the park and this is an old head it's like this is what I've been looking for but I, I just didn't know who yeah of course I want to like you know yeah. and then you develop that bond because it's like it was the first guy that reached out to me take me out to a park take me under the wing show me this that all that and fourth, so we look up to and like there was like no like indicators throughout like your time that like maybe he is going through something like did he ever express to you like these thoughts of like you know suicide or like, committing suicide or like if he was really depressed or like had a, like high anxiety was there any like signs like that do you ever like reveal to you like sometimes with Casey I'll just message him like if I'm really going through something because I can't keep it bottled in like I can't because if I keep it bottled in I'm going to go more cuckoo yeah. I have to <laughs> tell I have to, yeah I have to tell somebody yeah, I have yeah, to bro. let it out like I pray I let it out to god but more yeah. importantly I try to talk to someone and let it out so I feel I feel good cuz if I keep it trapped bro your mind To keep you so trapped in. Mm -hmm. And if you don't find a way to release it or talk to someone about it, you will go more insane. You're going to go, you're going to be like a ping pong in here, bing, 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 with all these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And
2: I think what goes back to that is we're in a different time now. Uh, And I think that plays a big role because he passed away when he was. 22 maybe 23 i want to say yeah four years apart i was like Mm -hmm. he might have been 21 22 uh roughly so you were younger yeah and it's years ago where uh emotion therapy Expressing your feelings Wasn't as accepted As yeah, it is now It wasn't as yeah. popular now Like <laughs> now Yeah Like sure. literally Like yeah. um, Now it's like It's it's a thing To check on your people It's okay It's mm-hmm. a thing It's alright yo, yo Case how you feeling today Are you good like, yo, shit. Yo, yeah, no. for real. Like, <laughs> yo, Ethan, like, what's going
1: on? How you feeling, man? You look, seem a little off Be- today. Like, you know why? It's because there's so many cases, it's unfortunately, society. like, si- right. situation, like, with your brother, man. I calling him your brother, but, like, your brother or this, that, or just random people that we know. And then it's becoming more aware. So, exposure mm-hmm. is everything. And yeah. that's why I tell people, like, you gotta just, you gotta vent it out. You gotta let people, you can't keep it all bottled in. But exposure is everything to anything, to education. The only way you're gonna grow is if you get, um, exposed to, like, those environments where you're around professors, teachers, av- around those environments. So, right, you were so caged in, your boy came in and exposed you to a whole new world, and now that's poetry, rap, and what the case may be. Yeah. But if you didn't get exposed to that, you would have not have grown. Nah. Yeah. So, but that's what Brothers in the Deep is about, and that's what i always been about before this whole mental awareness thing was a thing. Like, i always been Ethan. i always been the one to, like, go on Instagram and just talk about my day, talk about some real shit that mm-hmm. I was going through, talk about what Ethan is living and what I'm feeling. I didn't give a fuck about what anyone thought because it's just me. It's what I'm feeling, what I'm going through in my head, but I'm gonna release it. I'm gonna let it out to the world. Social media is sort of like my therapy. That's what they, people be like, oh, Ethan, uh, you be talking shit, but y'all, fuck with you talking some real shit. Yeah, because yeah. this is what the fuck is about. This is what the fuck is about. This is what the fuck I am doing it for. I'm using it as a platform to for it to be a vessel and for it to show my story. It's my story on my social media. What you get on my social media is me. I don't hide it on not sugarcoat it. So that's why people are like, yo, you got to start a pod. And I was like, shit. I was like, you know what? You're right. And then that's how Brothers in the came about. Because yeah. COVID came. I was like, yo, Casey, I need, I need to get this on, on a platform or something like that where it's going to last a lifetime. Because yeah. when we put this on YouTube, when we put this on audio, it's not going. no one could delete it. It's our yeah. shit. No one could delete it. Yeah. I mean, maybe YouTube because yeah. it's on YouTube <laughs> unless we have our own network, which we could strive for eventually because yeah. everything wants to strive for ownership, but it's not going nowhere. And this is very powerful because we don't know who could reach. So when Casey said an intro, we could change one life. That's what matters. I said, you know what, Casey? is right. Like, that's why this power is so important and you sharing your story and whatnot because maybe someone out there is going through something similar or has went through something similar, especially as an artist, and it just like, it gives them a whole new perspective on it. Like, wow. And like, your story opened open like my perspective and opened up some of my scores so i'm like oh shit like i remember going through what you went through that's when serious. casey was I, talking I, I, about completely
0: forgot about that part yeah of my life. and then when
1: casey that's why it was so important and when casey came in and talked about his father i was like bro i i lived I, I know how you feel i lived through that too yeah so and i think it's important with your raps like like steve just continue going i know we didn't dive in deep with like your raps or whatnot but i think it's powerful your raps because I told you like it's a big comparison, but I said, I feel like you're like kind of like the J Cole of our <laughs> era. People may be I. That's my personal opinion of it. Like your style, yeah, is get that all is, the time. It's different, and that's why I'm like yo. You and Casey need to need to do a joint thing together. But I know Casey could get Hollywood because my boy Tevin been wanting to do something with Casey, but Casey been, <laughs> <with> <laughs> Casey been on his on his shit, but. Just continue on doing what you got to do and i'm thankful that you're here i'm pretty sure our viewers are thankful that you're here and that your boy riot he's living through you like you're like oh, why people call yeah, me riot? writing him man yeah, yeah you're me writing him. you're like oh why is people calling me right bro they calling you right because you're the living embodiment of him now like he's living through you like when yeah. people see me they see my father they see my grandpa they see my cousins you know they see my people in the sky i'm i'm the living version of them like their soul is living through me yeah yeah, and I think to your point, even like with your boy right, you know, I could relate
0: to this a little bit, you know, just before we start closing up. But uh I had a friend actually that was with me over on my Afghan tour overseas and he was a really like close friend of mine. And once we all left and we all separated, we spoke all the time. He always supported my music and he actually wanted to like buy candles for my mom. And, you know, I think it's important to look out for those warning signs. And I'm not gonna mention names or details, but he did end up posting something and it was like way left field. And he kind of, like, commented about it and said it was just, like, a joke or a dare to, a, like, someone that he knew. Mm. And then, literally, like, I got the news from, like, my friend that, like, like he killed himself.
1: Yeah, bro, that's and, why you don't play around and, with, like, no and jokes. And, like always
0: I always say this, and I always say this every podcast, but there's two things that we can never get back, and that's time and people. And those are two things I always emphasize on because those are really two things you can never get back. Mm-hmm. like right now i just said that i'll never get that back mm-hmm. that second right and people once they're gone they're gone forever yes. and you know you might say that with you in spirit and all this but like they're never going to be physically with you yeah, again they No, nah, they ain't Can't gone forever them, hold this, them. yeah
1: their soul lives forever yeah. their physical presence is gone but their physicality kind of lives in you now and the mental and what you think about but that's their soul living through you um and i think that's why before we also wrap out rap wrap out um like, the joking stuff, like, when people say on Instagram, I'm going to just say this, and this, this going to go out there. When people joke around with these memes and with these posts on Instagram, da-da-da-da-da, those... It's a, it's a reflection on you. When you call people out on it, they be like, oh, I was just joking. Nah, bro, there ain't no joke. Nah. No. Can't you can't not no joke? I know you posting that shit for a reason. Yeah. Ain't you no know, fucking joke. Or when someone says, Ah, they're cursing at you, da da da, oh da 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 Nah, I was just joking with you. They saying that joke for a reason. Yeah. J. Cole said something that said every joke contains some truth in it. Yeah. They're saying all that for a reason. So like stop putting all this bullshit out here in the grand and all that and then say uh especially with y'all only fans bummer clots out here or what the case may be or your close yeah, friends you stories with these fucking nowhere. memes yeah i'm coming at you live and direct hey, with the pop brother the deep end. Talk, because it's not it's not a game bro and then y'all be hiding on your close friends posting these dumbass memes on what the case may be because really deep down inside you are a fucking clown like that Oh, man, let me, let me, oh let me stop. Let me stop, man. I, I'll be back, man. Come I, think, on now.
0: I think honestly, though, like on a real note, Steve or Riot, as we call you right now.
1: <laughs>
2: whatever, whatever you want <laughs> at this point. Steve, whatever I think I want at this
0: point. I think the amazing part about your story, right, is I think you grew up in a very conservative household and your family always held you back to show these emotions. And I think through all the trials and tribulations that you've gone through really shows that though you might not show your emotions to maybe the outside world it really goes to show that you are able to show your emotions I think more than you realize especially when it came to the people that were closest to you and the people who passed away because I think the story that you said with your grandfather and your grandmother and your boy right though like as your family told you it's not okay to be emotional you gave them the best emotional I think support anyone could have ever gotten in their life and I think that's something extremely important for you to even realize you know, with today's episode and anyone who's out there, you know, I think it's okay to be yourself and express yourself. And it's okay to understand that maybe a lot of the ways people were raised might not have been the best. And as you get older, Ethan always says this, right? But education and self-education and awareness is number one. And obviously you want to set the example for the, for the next generation coming up. Like if you guys, I always tell this to my Marines, like if you guys can't replace me, then I'm failing at my job. Mm. And if you guys can't replace me, then obviously I'm doing something wrong, and I think that's something that we can emulate not just to the younger generation, but to our kids so they live and breathe through us. And like I said, for anyone who's out there listening, if you guys could relate to Steve's story, like, you best believe that you better get right because life can't take it for granted at all. Can't take nothing for granted. And if
2: you have to give...
0: I'm sorry, Steve, but if you can give any three pieces of advice to people who are listening, what are those three pieces of advice?
2: I just want to say... In that course of two to three years, I have been to about 12 funerals, I want to say. And if I didn't find an outlet... You'll be fucked up right now. Yeah. Bad. I don't, I don't know if I'd be here. Like, I, I needed an outlet. And, you know, shout out to the people who supported me and things like that and gave me Uh, that outlet or gave me that push to like, yo, do this. You're good. Um, But with that being said, I would just say um, you have a purpose. Um, Mm. You need to put yourself out there. You need to experiment. If you do not experiment, if you do not dibble and dabble in little things, you'll never know what you're good at. You'll never know uh, what you can achieve or what you can be good at, and things like that. Um, you are worth it. A lot of, you know, a lot of those feelings and emotions when you go through things like that, you feel like you're not worth anything. You you don't deserve this. You don't deserve. Or that. you don't.
1: Or you don't feel normal.
2: N- at all. Mm-hmm. At all, um, and you're just numb, and you don't feel like you're even in your body, like present. Hmm. Um. So yeah, find your purpose, and that's gonna experiment man and that's gonna take you far enjoy you know explore Uh, you are worth it and make the most of your time and um, you know check on your people who are around you that you think are good because they're probably not Mm. because I know a lot of people thought I was good and found out a lot of things and was like yeah
1: that's me right now god damn like yeah yeah. that's me right now man and um you know where could they find you at where could they tune in with your music and what the case may be <clears throat> um
2: so you could search me like music wise anything <laughs> you could on TikTok, instagram whatever you can search um stv3 pretty much on all platforms for music youtube spotify apple this and that and i'll pop up you'll see my face um my instagram my TikTok is underscore r-i-o-t-t underscore uh it wasn't supposed to be like that, but the other riot was taken mm. by someone else. So uh, I am gonna try to report so We're I can report get that his actual, account. Let's yeah. go. Oh, we got obviously. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So yeah. yeah. Yo, riot, Steve, <laughs> aka STV3. S T V three. Sort of my cuz. If yeah, you didn't know family, yeah. sort of sort of my cuz, but I appreciate you. Um, I love you. I thank you for coming for this pod, for sharing something that this world didn't know about you, for really getting in the deep end. And to all my peoples out there, like I said, this is a movement. Mm-hmm. Ooh-wee in case you got Anything else Else to say <laughs> Ah no, Yeah no, i sorry I, I had, just to, bu- say, had say, to bust your chops I, I just
2: wanna say I, I thank you guys For having me here And being being able To be vulnerable And express Um This is something I, You know People don't know About me You know I express things In raps But you know Sometimes it's not As clear Um But I appreciate You guys For allowing me To be here And express And talk Of course And I love What you guys Are doing I love the message Um and, and yeah, I'm proud of you guys, man. Keep going and, and like doing I said, to close on so what important. you said,
0: we like we can't thank you enough for coming, sharing to the world. You know, we always say if you guys haven't tuned in yet, please continue to like, comment, share, subscribe. It means the world to us. Word. If, if we can yes. change one life, that's really all that matters to us. Yeah. And we love you guys. And thank be guys sure and so be much.
1: sure if you haven't tapped in with that fucking pod episode. I'm I'm crazy because I had to get this shit out. With Vince and Hit Factory, you're bugging out, man. Yeah. But we love y'all, so we fire. thank y'all. And we out. Boom. Look,
0: moving different, you know I'm already custom made. Said you wanna play with me, this just a different game. Trying to make it to the end, it's just a crazy maze. Here for